1: Welcome to Pod Save America. I'm John Favreau. I'm John Lovett.
2: I'm Priyanka Arabindi. I'm Travell Anderson.
1: I'm Dan Pfeiffer. and we're here at the SiriusXM Studios in Hollywood with a live audience. There it is. Nice. So spirited. Yes. For our annual What a Year special, uh, we are happy to have Travel and Priyanka with us, to the co-hosts of What a Day.
3: Thanks for having us. Uh,
1: It's good to have you guys.
3: It's very legit in here.
1: It is legit. That's what we like to think. We (laughs) we come here when it's time to do something legit. We
4: come here for magic. (laughs)
1: Uh, We'll also be talking to Katie Porter later. uh, And we are also taking a look back on the year in politics. We're going to share our New Year's resolutions and present our annual pundies for the absolute worst takes of 2022. Um, But first, if you are looking for somewhere to donate this holiday season, we have a wonderful organization for you. World Central Kitchen is a nonprofit founded by Chef Jose Andres that feeds people experiencing humanitarian crises all over the world. Uh, They've probably fed more people in Ukraine this year than most governments and relief organizations. It's a fantastic organization. To make a donation, you can visit WCK.org. So please go donate. All right. Let's start with a look back at 2022. Lots of news, lots of politics, lots of elections, but most of all, lots of takes. Some good, most bad. To get the conversation started, our producers have filled this box next to Dan that you cannot see because it's an audio medium Um, (laughs) with some of the hottest, most debatable, and potentially most annoying takes of the year. Uh, Each of us will take turns picking one out, at which point we'll go around and say whether we agree or disagree and why. Healthy debate is encouraged. Uh, but uh, but civility is is key yeah Yeah, required civility is required Uh, Dan why don't you kick us off
5: all right we're reaching into this magical box the first take is a, (laughs) a different state other than South Carolina should go first and then Democrats nominating calendar and if you agree which one Ooh. Oh, I agree with that. Oh wait, Dan, well, you're supposed to starts. go first. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got excited. We literally just practiced this ten minutes ago. We <laughs> <laughs> just sitting there. Jump in. Uh, I, I am fine with South Carolina. South
4: Carolina. Fine. No, you know, oh, wow. he's fine. What? We got the the DNC poobahs got to you too. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he, they, Dan also rigged Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> also, I'm here to announce I'm investing in an ABC affiliate in South Carolina. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's it. You're you're just okay. I'm Anyone else? Car- yeah. What does everyone else think about South Carolina?
2: I'm not going to lie. I don't care. <laughs> respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> respectfully.
3: Yeah, I didn't think it was a bad idea. I don't, I'm don't. i not convinced it's a good idea, but I'm not convinced it's a bad idea either.
4: I was persuaded by uh, Faz's op-ed in the New York Times that basically said... Uh, South Carolina is not a state Democrats are going to compete in in the general election. We should focus on states we can compete in and win if we're going to put a bunch of money into those places. And I thought the idea of going to North Carolina made a little
2: bit more sense. But uh, like Bell said, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. You know? (laughs) I, I also am from South Carolina, so why not? Why they can't be first for once? <laughs> You're from South Carolina.
4: You don't have a stronger hey, feeling? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, first in, First in some pretty gruesome education statistics.
2: Absolutely. Well, <laughs> normally we would say that's last.
6: Right. But, you know. So, but yes.
1: Right. I mean, we've talked about this with the... the- uh, people of South Carolina uh, were pretty surprised that they got <laughs> chosen to go first. I know
5: someone who wasn't.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, right, Jim, Jim Clapper. Uh, um, I, you know, Nevada put in a bid to be first. I kind of think Nevada would have been a good uh, first state.
4: Oh, how great would that have been? Oh, I guess we have to go back to Vegas. I know. <laughs>
1: this is what I'm saying, but I think it's got a good. I mean, I think Nevada is one of those states where, because it's such a competitive general election state, having a bunch of Democrats run around there campaigning in a primary would only help the infrastructure there. And I think you have a heavily Latino population there. You have a heavily non-college educated population there, which uh, both voters that uh, Democrats need in the general election. So I kind of, I think there's a good argument for Nevada.
4: The good news is we're still going to go to Nevada early. Right, right, <laughs> right. And, for, just... and as and it is the official crooked media position, that Nevada is the most important state and the one that requires the most time and attention. From us. <laughs> From us. From us. <laughs> we have a
1: specific... Yeah, yeah, we, we can were, help.
4: We were campaigning for Dina Titus, and she was like, thank you so much for coming here. It's like, it's a good idea for you to be in Las Vegas, because that's why we care about your race the most.
1: <laughs> and I'm still drunk, by the way, Dina. <laughs> All
2: right, that, that we did that one. <laughs> Travel, you're next. All righty, let's see what y'all got going on. In 2022, Democrats meddled in Republican primaries to boost MAGA candidates. It's a strategy that worked, and we should do it again in 2024. I would say that I would like people to stop playing games and to, you know, you because know, we, you know, we ain't got to do all this complex strategy stuff. Don't be trying to, you know, play games behind the scene because you think it's working, right? Because then what if it don't work? Right, right, and I would, I would say that it didn't work. Like there were just so many other things happening right now that were just like overpowering, and so it looks like it worked. <laughs> I don't think it worked for real, for real. I think Not a it worked. High risk, high
3: reward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think
2: it worked. Yeah. think
1: every candidate that the Democrats uh, meddled to elevate lost and lost pretty big, pretty big because they were. Fucking nuts! Yeah, I would also say when when Democrats like
4: meddle, it's like they lightly suggest Republicans vote for someone heinous, and they wholeheartedly agree. (laughs) And so it's like not like Democrats are going door to door putting guns to MAGA voters' heads; like they're pointing out that a a Republican at one point accidentally did something reasonable, and all of these Republican primary voters being like, "Well, that's unacceptable to me." So, and like like the lotto, you know, you can't win if you don't play. Mm. You know.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a high risk. Like, you end up with someone really shitty if it backfires, but like, very high reward.
2: I mean, we got More somebody meddling. real shitty, and we're all dealing with it.
6: Who? With Donald Trump! Trump. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's a on the show
5: to go after Biden like that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 here's here's my take on this. I think there is no question that the more MAGA the candidate, the more likely they are to lose. I am not persuaded that any of the meddling that we did is why these candidates won the primary. The reason they yeah. won the primaries is because Republican voters, Republican primary voters, want MAGA candidates. And I don't know why we think this is the one time Democratic ads were super persuasive that they got these Republicans <laughs> to do this. Yeah.
1: yeah, that's a good point. That's too. fair. Yeah. If we can, if we can control both the Republican and the Democratic primaries, then we'd yeah. be, we'd be, in- <laughs> we, we'd probably control the House.
6: <laughs>
1: uh, all right, Priyanka. All right, next it's one. All you.
3: Let's see. Oh God. <laughs> Woke is broke.
4: <laughs> wow, I didn't know you
1: thought that. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet this um, out. We're going to clip Priyanka just saying woke is broke.
3: God. Yeah, you're not going to do it to Katie Porter, but you do to me. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm going to say no. I don't agree with that. I, Yeah, no, I, I don't. I think that's a bad <laughs> thing. I think that's a bad take.
1: <laughs> Anyone want, <laughs> want to talk yeah, about woke Yeah, anybody is
3: broke? want to play the counter on that?
1: I mean, I think that if you wanted to actually analyze that uh the the silly woke is broke uh comment that trump makes all the time which is why we had it in there i think that there was a lot of noise made about like democrats being too woke culture wars i think when you drill down um in all of the data in the midterms like these issues just didn't sway people either way like i think that people voted republican Primarily either because they were pissed about inflation or because they were hardcore Republicans anyway or um, because – I don't know. Those were the top two issues. Those are the top reasons that people voted Republican. And the idea that like these – a lot of these culture war issues, um, they just didn't register that high on people's list of concerns when they actually went out to vote in the midterms.
4: Yeah, there was an example that sticks with me. I think it was in The Times where in one of the focus groups or some independent voter was asked about some ad that a Republican was running in Michigan that attacked trans people around bathrooms. And the person that was asked about it laughed because it just wasn't an issue they cared about. We talk a lot about the information bubble that progressives are in. And I think the reason that gets covered more is because journalists are in here with us. (laughs) But I do think there's about to be a big conversation about the Republican bubble that they're in uh, and the conversations that they're having that make no sense outside of the bounds of, of the their like kind of little cloistered world. Like every Republican pundit has spent the last two weeks thinking that Elon Musk has exposed basically like a national treasure book of secrets worth of like magical information from deep within the bowels of Twitter emails when no one gives a fuck about what they're talking about. And it barely makes sense outside of this language that
1: they've developed. So like, yeah, I don't think what was broke well yeah that's the point that i'm making when i am
6: that wasn't (laughs) clear clear, it's sort
1: of uh, it stuck with me when i started talking to these um biden voters who voted for republican glenn youngkin in virginia for governor and obviously he like spent most of that campaign saying he's gonna like you know get critical race theory out of our schools and blah 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 and so i asked them is that one of the reasons why And, and almost every single Actually, every single Biden voter who voted for Glenn Youngkin said, oh, I actually completely disagree with him on the critical race theory thing and his education platform. I just voted him for him because didn't like Terry McAuliffe, was pissed about some grocery tax, whatever else. Like, So it, it not only didn't work, it was like they actually – people who voted for these Republicans who were talking about woke is broke actually um, didn't agree with them, at least in that case. Uh, love it. We should no longer refer to Donald Trump as the
4: presumptive frontrunner for the 2024 Republican nomination. This is a tough one. I didn't know we had a formal ceremony where we decided, <laughs> like, we stripped the title of presumptive.
5: Right here, this is it. This is the ceremony. <laughs> There's a real language problem with this entire question. Yeah, like I, I, because if you're calling him the front runner, you're presuming he's the front runner, and therefore he's a presumptive front runner. And so, yeah, presumptive.
1: You Usually use presumptive with nominee. So, yeah. let, so we're getting tripped up on a word here. Yeah, let's,
4: let's, let's just
5: let's say. Start, let me say. Is, right. is he the, is is he he the, front, the front runner?
4: runner? Uh, yes. D- Donald Trump remains the front runner for the Republican nomination. There's been some ebbing in the polls, but he's obviously and. And by the way, like, of course he is. Like, the only question is whether there can be somebody that pretends to be Trump enough without the baggage that Trump has in order to defeat Trump. I do not. Like, look, we'll see what happens. Like, there's polls out in the last couple of days that show uh, Ron DeSantis beating Donald Trump. But let's see, two weeks of them having a conversation in public and Ron DeSantis' lack of personality. And we're back in the 2016 situation where everyone's like, oh, no, no, it's going to be Jeb Bush. Don't worry. These polls are stupid.
5: (laughs)
1: anyone think he's not the front runner
5: no he, he's the front runner yeah i mean there's two ways to look I mean, at being there's two ways of looking at being front runner there is the person who leads in the polls early mm-hmm. which is a bad way of thinking about the front runner because otherwise we'd have president jeb bush president joe lieberman president rudy giuliani all those people president <laughs> herman
4: cain yikes yeah president uh what's that
5: what was that what was what's that one with the gay husband michelle michelle Bachmann.
4: Bachmann. <laughs> <laughs> oh i mean uh uh, for, uh husband <laughs> i said oh, the husband <laughs> The one, that married woman from Minnesota.
5: <laughs> but you, I mean, <laughs> Ron DeSantis in the middle. Ron DeSantis is <laughs> basically just an idea right now. He has not spoken right. to a person. He may have no personality. He may have no charisma. We don't know if he can take a punch. There's all sorts of. I mean, Donald Trump. You, if you were to had to like bet your life on the Republican I nominee mean, even now, you had to pick one of those two people. You would be foolish not to pick Trump. I think.
1: I have uh delighted in calling Donald Trump the Republican frontrunner. I do it every time every time we record one of these podcasts. I will say though that like last couple of weeks, like yeah. if you just look at the if, by if you went by the polling average right now, I think he's not. I think I think it's DeSantis. There's now been three polls that showed DeSantis ahead, plus a lot of polls in the states. There's maybe like one or two polls that show Trump ahead. I agree that polls are not the only indicator of this you have to look at everything else and he's also had a and like a you said they sta- haven't ta- they haven't they, they haven't, haven't sort of spoken out yet.
4: loud yet i do think like Donald trump has had among the worst couple of weeks he's ever had in public life and That's that includes when he incited a violent insurrection yeah, and the, yeah the, it includes nights <laughs> it includes everything um and so let's see what happens when people forget because people have a a good habit of forgetting what donald trump
1: says and does yeah all right we're still calling him from her we've decided yep. for now all right i gotta take the 2022 Congress has proven that bipartisanship is alive and well say it ain't say say it's wrong Uh, say it's wrong I mean it's not technically wrong oh my god no labels over here (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was talking to my friend Kirsten Sinema the other day on Joe Manchin's boat and we were having this I mean look Problem Solvers Caucus (laughs) member
5: Gottheimer protégé
1: (laughs) Infrastructure bill, the COVID relief bill, the gay marriage uh, and interracial marriage protection bill that just passed last week. What else? There's a couple other ones. Electoral Count Reform Act might get done. We're recording this uh, a little bit early, so we don't know. There's been, I mean, there has legitimately been a bunch of bipartisan the Chips Act, don't the Chips Act. Chips Act, and the Chips Act, which can anyone tell tell us what the Chips Act is? Something Chips. about something Chips. about semiconductors in yeah, it's, China. It's, it's
4: it's very it's important. great. It's, it's
1: important. really good. You know, we're happy. We're very I feel happy. Like you made
3: the case for alive, but like, are we going to say well? Like,
1: oh, that's
5: good. Yeah. Right. You want
1: to oh, hang on, on, on well? On. Yeah, I don't think it's well.
5: I don't, no. I think it was alive and well in 2022. I do not think it is alive and well in this next Congress. Right. Well, that's not the fucking take, Dan. Why? Well, I'm it's just 2022 Congress it and spinning it forward. <laughs>
1: uh, you want another one? Do we have time for more? I mean,
5: you have the watch. All right, let's <laughs> go. I don't know. It's
1: four. Yeah, we have a little you time. Have the right. watch. We're on a roll.
5: Despite all of our worries about Republican voter suppression efforts in Georgia, it did not work, as evidenced by Senator Warnock's win. Lies. That's a yeah. bad. That's a bad Sorry. take. <laughs> it's that's a bad take. <laughs> Winning in spite of voter suppression does not mean voter suppression didn't happen. Yeah, there were long lines. Yeah, like let's say they let's say
4: uh uh Kemp put uh six foot walls around every ballot booth in the state and then we gave everybody ladders, we wouldn't be like the walls weren't a big deal, we should probably leave them up.
1: <laughs> That's good. That's
4: good.
2: Absolutely. Travelle? It worked. Um but we worked harder. Um here we go. If the Democratic Party had doled out their money more wisely, they could have held the house.
1: That's an interesting one.
5: If they had doled it out in bribes to the New York Supreme Court, yeah, <laughs>
6: love yeah. that edit.
5: That's a really good idea, Dan. <laughs>
6: that's
4: a Don't, it, that's don't it. tell Letitia James. That's tomorrow's that's, tomor- that's, tomor- that's, tomor-
6: that's a message box waiting to happen.
1: What do you think? Was it a, anyone? Is it a money situation?
2: I mean, I think I think right. What do they say? This little saying is, um, you know, um, hindsight is twenty twenty. I think I think there are examples where you know you could have took a little money from this place and put it over here, right? Um, I think there are are those examples, but I don't know if I would say it was like a universal like y'all did it wrong thing.
4: I would say that 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 would be a better slip after um, we dumped millions of dollars into a South Carolina Senate race that we lost by uh, what ten percent by a, a, a Kentucky race with Amy McGrath. Like I think we did not invest as foolishly as we have in the past, but there's always a kind of like there was a bunch of money that went into like the Marjorie Taylor Greene race. that's just like, there's a li- there's always a problem where there are kind of celebrity races or like just places where mo- some money goes that we better spent elsewhere. But I don't know that you can say more than that. No. Yeah. Dan, do you validate what I'm saying?
5: Yeah, I don't think. Yes, there are places that got a ton of money that never should have gotten money. And yeah. that's a problem with a lot of grifters in the party pushing those things. <laughs> yeah. um, we had a lot of that in 2020. Um, some of that this time around. I don't Like, you can probably find a handful of races where if we had invested a little more money, we might have gotten over the top. Probably the most notable one would be the Lauren uh, Bobert race Mm -hmm. um, in Colorado. But I don't... The reason, like she's from fucking yeah, Paris, it's
6: Bobert.
5: Her name is fucking uh, like, minute, She what? has a she has a gun themed restaurant. Her name is Bobert. You want you want her you want, you want her to lose you want her to, you want her to lose in that Republican plus twelve district. Call her call her French. <laughs> <laughs> and but I don't see a, it, what those races we lost in New York are not for lack of money. Sean Patrick Maloney, the chair of the D did not lose his race because he didn't have enough money.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. that's a good point.
5: I'm still getting fundraising emails from that guy. Stop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, Priyanka.
3: All right. Democrats successfully made democracy a winning issue in 2022. Oh. I don't know if I would say like, I mean, hmm.
6: <laughs> mm. You know
5: what you really want to say, but you don't know if you can say it. Dem- what? I don't I actually don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> I would say what what's your what's your take?
3: I think it certainly made it they made it an issue for people who like probably voters who probably never would have thought to care about it. Was it necessarily what pushed them over the top? I don't know. But I do think, like, people showed up to the polls and cared about democracy in a way where, like, I don't know, in 2015... Not 2015, because what elections were there in 2015? Before, that they probably would not have showed up and, and cared so much about.
4: Yeah, I would say uh, Republicans successfully made democracy an issue <laughs> in the 2022 midterms. Is uh, But, uh,
1: yeah. I think it was um, Democrats highlighting Republican extremism, which included running a bunch of election deniers, which has to do with democracy, but also, um, their position on abortion, which was extreme in, in most cases as well. So I do think it's like, I think extremism probably was the bigger factor than sort of democracy as a, as an abstract concept.
4: It was a proof point.
3: I guess also like race by race though, like when you're thinking of like secretary of state races, like. That's a much bigger issue for people who care about that so yeah I will that is true I was focusing on winning so in those races yes well and the issue.
1: good point on those races is the Secretary of State candidates um, where there were uh, election deniers on the Republican side and uh, and and Democrats running the uh, the Democrats ran way ahead of even the other Democrats on the ticket totally. in, the statewide so yeah it, it did happen hmm. what were, what were you what did you think wanted I... to say
5: I don't think we Democrats made democracy a winning issue. I think that is a story we want to tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better and to confirm our own biases about what people should care about. Yeah. And there's very little evidence, I think, that democracy and protecting democracy drove votes. It was in almost no ads. No one voter like candidates not communicate it. People cared about extremism and their freedoms and the threats of these extremist candidates to their freedoms. I think there are some exceptions in the Secretary of State, elector, right. like ele- election overseers, because that is a very specific thing. That's sort of like someone running to be state treasurer who doesn't believe in math. Like you're gonna, <laughs> that, you're gonna be able to make that case, right? But I think there's a real danger that if we tell ourselves that democracy is safe because voter, there's a majority that cares about democracy as everyone a driving heard issue. the
1: Star Spangled uh, Banner in their head when they. Yeah, I think that. I think we're gonna we will
5: be learning the wrong lessons and we will have the wrong messages. In 2024, that's the case. mm, That's good. mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
4: Mm -hmm. Let's see what we got. More than any other demographic group, Gen Z is the reason there was no red wave. Disagree. Sorry, Gen Z. That is not borne out by the facts. Uh, (laughs) Wish it were, hope it would be, isn't the case. Uh, Now, I feel like there's an important distinction that is not being made enough. Did Gen Z help make the difference in preventing Republicans from winning some Senate races, from winning a bigger House majority? Absolutely. Is that by dint of Gen Z showing up in any kind of spectacular way? No. Is that because a lot of Gen Z did something that um, uh, required nothing of them, which is getting older? Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We need to draw a distinction between just the fact that something that will continue to help us is that uh, people get old and die and young people age into the voting population. In the same way Dan is saying we shouldn't delude ourselves into believing people voted democracy, we shouldn't delude ourselves into believing we had an incredible success with Gen Z. I'm not saying that to denigrate Gen Z. I'm saying that because we have to do a lot more work to get more of Gen Z to turn out. Because if you actually look at the numbers, what probably made the biggest difference is the fact that millennials who were uh, uh, became Democrats under Obama then got like a, a, a Donald Trump booster shot <laughs> – uh, uh, are showing up in ways that previous generations uh, wouldn't. Yeah, I got some millennials out yeah. there. Hey, yeah. where, are my, where are my millennials at? Huh? <laughs> hey, you guys see girls?
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh, and we have to do more work to get Gen Z to turn up. Do not rest. Do not believe that Gen Z did something amazing or unprecedented. They didn't. They're not showing up <laughs> as much as they could. Thank they did you. better than... Thank tw- you. So, they, so
1: 2010 and 2014... 18 to 29-year-olds, they weren't Gen Z then, but 18 to 29-year-olds in those two elections did not uh, show up in big numbers, and the margin wasn't great. 2018, that was the best year for 18 to 29, right? That was the best midterm in the last, I don't know, 50 years. So in 2022, Gen Z did not turn out at the rates that they did in 2018, and the margin was slightly worse than it was in 2018 as well. So if you just go midterm to midterm, it, it, they, they did a little bit worse.
5: I like the fact that at any one time, there's like four to five generations living in America. And Lovett's currently at war with two of them. No, 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 no,
4: no, no. I cannot do that. Don't, I, look, don't you have him go like, off on the Gen X. You, know, like you know, like the Defense Department does the quick general Defense Review where they have to be able to defeat one army and, and hold off another. I cannot declare war on two generations at once. I don't have the power. I, don't, I,
1: don't, I won't be able to sustain it. All right. I'll do the last take. Did you want one, say one more thing? I'll just say one thing. One more uh, negative one more thing, thing about Gen Z. I, yeah. About <laughs> an entire generation I will, I will
4: say this. Uh, Gen X decision to make their whole personality, whatever, did not serve them well in terms of not ever having electoral politically, like getting
5: elected anywhere <laughs> at any time <laughs> yes. or really being involved. As a spokesperson for Gen X, I agree. Yeah.
6: Oh, yeah. And, I, and, I blame, I, and I blame singles. Yeah.
5: Wasn't
1: good. <laughs> All right. Last take. Uh, Joe Biden's ultra MAGA was ultimately a winning message in 2022. Look, the words ultra mega, I think if you pulled a bunch of people, I don't know if anyone would have known that he said that. Yeah, what are we talking about? I, don't know I think right. Joe Biden's uh, effort to highlight Republican extremism, which he carried through most of 2022 and most other Democrats did. I think I do think that was a winning message to Dan's point. I don't know if ultra MAGA was. <laughs> I do think there was a, like MAGA specifically labeling Republicans who were Trump supporters MAGA Republicans. It was borne out by the research that that actually did have an effect on people that when you call, when you label the MAGA Republicans, they had uh, less of a favorable view towards them. So I do think that helped. Anyone want to disagree? No. Okay. No, I think that's right. All right. Now it's time to recognize some of the year's worst takes with our very first Pundi Award of the evening. Exciting. Ooh. Exciting. Uh, so the category is worst 2022 midterm prediction, and here to present is none other than Crooked's chief take officer, Elijah Cohn. Elijah, take it away. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah
1: does have a tux on. For those listening at
6: home,
5: he did do a majority do a, <laughs> a
4: do a do a jump scare of wearing a tux. <laughs>
7: This is my Oscars, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm so excited to present to you our first Pundi of the night. Here are the nominees for Worst 2022 Midterm Prediction. Loaded field, guys. Nominee number one, Clay Travis, who is Giancarlo and my former coworker from Fox Sports. On September 14th, Clay Travis wrote... Carrie Lake is now favored in gambling odds to be elected governor of Arizona for the first time in her campaign. I told you all my underdog parlay of Carrie Lake, Herschel Walker, and Dr. Oz was going to hit. (laughs) All three are going to win.
4: Yeah, I didn't get the exact box on that one.
7: (laughs) Next up, we have Josh Holmes, a Republican podcaster. On November 9th, John Ralston from Nevada shared a ballot dump. That led Holmes to write the following. Barring something statistically unforeseeable, it's all over but the crying here. Laxalt is going to win this. Tough for our friend Josh Holmes. <laughs> Next up, we have Elon Musk. Mm. In June, Elon Musk shared that he was voting Republican for the first time and predicted, quote, massive red wave in 2022. That did not happen, and it actually came out today that, as of this recording, there is no evidence that Elon actually voted in November. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Love that. That's true. And finally, we have Hotline Josh, Josh Hour, <laughs> who wrote a big midterm preview for Axios on November 2nd. Josh wrote, Extreme or unprepared Republican nominees may not be as big a liability as they once seemed. With the growing possibility of a red wave, it's possible some flawed MAGA-aligned candidates could win despite their political struggles. Keep a close eye on Blake Masters in Arizona and Don Balduke in New Hampshire. And those are your nominees wow. for this 2022 midterm prediction. I don't
3: know if I should clap for those. I want to start by <laughs> saying
4: this. I don't begrudge anyone making outlandish pred- predictions. Okay. Anybody willing okay. to kind of put on the overalls and get their pick and go down into the fucking prediction minds to somebody I respect. <laughs> 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 we stopped doing it because we were bad at it. <laughs> That's why I mean, we so get to mock they. them man. I understand that. that we but did. It's this a,
1: is the whole reason we did that. I know, it's led but to it's this it's there moment. But
4: for the grace, you know? Keep mm-hmm. going.
1: You started off, and I thought Clay Travis has this, but... Hotline, Josh. That was pretty. That was pretty broad. I would say this sweeping. I think what Holmes did
4: is actually very impressive because it's rare to incorrectly predict the outcome of an election after the election.
1: <laughs> you know, that's harder to do. Yeah, and he's like supposed to be a data guy too, so he should have. He should have known.
5: Look, he is a man who has made himself quite wealthy based on the credential of reelecting Mitch McConnell in the most Republican state in the country. <laughs> So, who are we to doubt his genius? <laughs> yeah. I don't know.
3: No one's saying Elon, but, like, isn't it kind of fun to hear Elon sound I, that, so fucking dumb?
7: Yeah,
5: that was pretty dumb.
3: I don't know. That was
1: pretty dumb.
7: Well, I One think... little detail about that Elon thing is, on that same thread, he went on to say, uh, I'm thinking of creating a moderate super PAC that supports candidates with centrist views from all parties. Just a fun little detail. Oh, I,
5: of that. <laughs> <laughs> my, look, they were all wrong. They were all kind of equally wrong. Mm-hmm. Clay Travis is kind of like a C-list sports commentator. Yeah. Um, I think we should talk more about political gambling one day. But So what does he really know? Axios Josh or Hotline Josh or Defunct Publication Josh, whatever whatever it is we call him. uh, He's really only reporting what people are telling him. Mm. And now it obviously confirms with his deeply held views that Republicans always win elections. Um, But a lot of other reporters also said that. And Democrats, a lot of Democratic operatives and pollsters told people the same thing.
1: I'm zeroing in on Josh Holmes. I'm zeroing yeah. on
5: Josh Holmes. He, yeah. <laughs> they, they, sure. That's his job. His job, he gets paid yeah. to tell people who is going to win and lose. And he got he gets paid to spend super PAC money. He, on and he got all of them wrong because mm. you had to pick from a plethora of Josh Holmes takes. He said the same thing about Dr. Oz. He said the same thing about Blake master. He said the same thing about Carrie Lake all across the board. He was wrong, and I'm so persuaded. I think he, I I'm think he wins the funding. You know, I'm persuaded. Yeah, that makes
4: a lot of sense to me, and I, and I just want to say that like that doesn't mean that Josh Holmes isn't really good at his job and should continue to be supported in his work uh, because he's doing such a good job.
1: <laughs> Keep hiring Josh Holmes. Josh Holmes. That's, That's our, our winner. winner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Elijah does anything. Is there? Do you have an award? No.
7: There'll be a post-pod trophy ceremony. Thank God.
1: Great. Okay, thank you, Elijah. All right, uh, when we come back, we will face off in the ultimate game of 2022 trivia. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule Damn. is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. You know, you know, you Have know, you been able to
4: squeeze that special thing into your schedule, John.
1: Yeah, that's. I think think thanks to therapy. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Mm-hmm. More time for you. I, uh, you know, because we've been doing what a weekday. Mm-hmm. I actually put that in
4: my therapy spot. You know, I, I replaced therapy with doing an extra podcast. Mm. It was a huge mistake. So
1: uh what do you spend time doing in therapy now?
4: Well, now I brought therapy back. I okay, added therapy good, back good. to good. another time
1: because uh it turns out talking That's about- going to make the jokes better. <laughs> well, it's certainly going to make things better for the team. <laughs> <laughs> If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com PSA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot PSA. You can start
8: your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first... Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.
2: When booking with other vacation rental apps sounds like this.
0: This place doesn't look like the pictures. Come on. The doors are on back. (laughs) Ah, What the? Is there a door behind all those spiders?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's time to try one that sounds more like a vacation.
1: Ah. Look at how many spiders there aren't.
0: Where should we lie down for eight consecutive hours first?
6: Relax. You booked a verbo.
1: Okay, we're back and we're ready to test how much we remember about whatever happened in 2022. Travell and Priyanka are sticking around to play. Love it. Take it away.
4: As 2022 draws to a close, it seems important to pay homage to all the news our brains have already begun shoveling out to make room for 2023. Remember West Elm Caleb? <laughs> Doja Cat bringing back the Mexican pizza? That time Adam Levine asked his mistress if he could name his unborn child after her. I sure don't. How can and we you, forget? And you probably don't either. But we're about to prove it definitively with a 2022 review game we're calling Mamma Mia, Year We Go Again.
6: <laughs>
4: a trip down memory hole lane. <laughs> why not why not as a warning this is a drinking game so get your question wrong you are ethically obligated to drink are you ready
6: yeah that's ready. Yeah, yeah we're ready uh, priyanka
4: we john drink, are right. going to play against Travel and dan uh john and priyanka here we go who is this woman and why do you know her that's
1: that's what's her name julia Fox. julia Fox. Oh. okay yeah yeah, it's
3: what yeah, I'm I mean I was oh, Josh yeah. muse when he wrote Unka Ja. Right. Unka. <laughs> 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 Did we have to say that part? No, you're good. Oh good.
4: Okay. You got it.
3: Perfect. What was Is that? there no dings? Oh, if they what don't know who that, that is, I feel like we we were the underdogs going in. Travel like and Dan, just... I
5: don't think you're the underdogs.
3: Oh. I yeah, I don't think you, you're, you're the underdogs. No. I, Tri- Tri-
5: Tri- I think Travel's basically alone in this.
2: Yeah, oh, no. right, yeah. Well, hopefully, we don't get what y'all just showed because I don't know who that was. <laughs> i never seen that a day in my life. <laughs> I don't think that crossed the racial barrier onto my side of the internet. I don't know. I'm just saying it. I've never seen Okay, keep going.
4: What musical performance did Matt Walsh say was desecrating American history just for the sake of it?
5: Wow. Was it Lizzo?
2: Oh, yeah. Yes. With the which With the flute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's
4: flute? You got to get it. You got to tell it me whose flute. It was, it was who you're pointing at. Who you're pointing toward the past at. <laughs> who you're pointing back at time at. You got to get who it. the flute is. You got to get it.
3: Oh. Uh. Oh, you have to get who the, who the flute, flute is? is? If you
4: guys can steal it, if you know oh, who the flute oh, is. James Madison. <laughs> Boom.
5: This, this Sorry. Was,
3: was it James, yeah. Madison,
5: or, was it James oh. Madison or Dolly Madison's It was flute?
4: James Madison's <laughs> Crystal Flute. <laughs>
2: James Madison. <laughs>
4: Back over to Priyanka we and John. <laughs> At the 2022 Oscars, what movie swept Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Picture?
3: Well, that's a Travell question.
2: Wait.
4: You got it? You don't have to whisper. Oh, oh, it's...
3: maybe. I don't know. I have no idea.
4: What do you want to guess? What do you want to guess? You gotta give do me you something. want to put it in? Throw it in. What was it called?
3: Oh, it was called. It was called King Richard. Oh, was it King Richard? No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Go. It was Coda. You got it. Uh, Here he is. Uh, guess that? Coda. Here he
5: is. I was gonna say Top Gun Maverick.
6: <laughs> <laughs> That's this year.
4: That'll be for this year. <laughs> Top Gun Maverick is gonna be the best picture this year? <laughs> All right, Travell and Dan, what was the absolutely adorable child describing in a song that went crazy on TikTok in August with the lyrics, it's a big lump with noms. It has the juice. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing.
2: Corn.
5: It
4: was. It was corn.
5: You, you lost me at TikTok. <laughs> Did you not know that?
4: I, Did had not, no, I, I didn't
6: know Dan, that. wild. Lost? I had no idea.
4: Oh, okay, all right, just, I just want to understand how broken my brain is. If you knew it was corn, raise your hand.
1: Cool. Wow, <laughs> see, people, like, if see you, what's happening? You That's if you didn't, be internet. honest. I, do, I don't. I mean, he's got Jordan. a Chipotle
2: commercial and everything. Ben,
4: what's your? I mean, what's your excuse? I know Ben's <laughs> excuse. What's your excuse? All right, <laughs> let's keep going. Who do, who got that right?
2: I did. Okay. Well, All you. right. Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, John and Priyanka, which one of these was not a disgusting viral TikTok food trend from 2022? Which was not a trend? A pink sauce. B, healthy Pepsi. C, chicken and grapes. D, butterboards. Which one was not a trend? Okay,
3: butterboards definitely were a thing.
4: This that a was a trend. thing?
3: I haven't heard of it, so okay. Oh. We'll just Did you know the other ones? I, no, the, healthy Pepsi sounds crazy. And then what was the third one? It was chicken and grapes. Chicken and grapes.
4: It was chicken and grapes.
3: I feel like chicken and grapes could be one. Healthy Pepsi, like who...
4: I'm going to need an answer.
3: Yeah, was it yeah, yeah.
1: Healthy Pepsi.
4: Nope, that happened. What? And it was a segment on Lowly. Thanks for do listening. Any, do, you have, do you have
7: any idea? <laughs> the
4: answer. Hey, can, wait. Do we get to guess? Yeah, yeah you, you can get get the guess. Steal. Is it chicken and grapes? You got it. Oh. oh. Travel and oh, Dan, no. which one of these was not an actual bit of drama that emerged from this year's eternal, don't worry, darling press cycle? Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay? <laughs> mm. Which one of these was not... A bit of drama. A. Olivia Wilde allegedly made her special salad dressing for Harry Styles a clear sign of seduction that resulted in a fight with then husband Jason Sudeikis. B. Shia LaBeouf was replaced by Harry Styles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How do you say it?
4: <laughs> revealed the he revealed the film's original twist ending that the entire movie takes place in Florence Pugh's pew, pew, pew coma dream. <laughs> C. Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh allegedly bumped heads on set over Wilde's directorial style, or D. Harry Style appeared to spit in Chris Pine's lap. <laughs> e. Jason Sudeikis allegedly laid down in front of Olivia Wilde's car to prevent her from leaving him for you guessed it, Harry Styles. Which one?
5: Is all the above an option? No. Okay.
4: One of them That's isn't a lot real. Of yeah, One seriously. of them isn't real,
5: and I did drop one on the
4: floor, so they will not be repeated. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Choose a letter. I don't even remember which was which. Is it? It's not. Is it the Shia LaBeouf thing? Is that real? Um,
2: <laughs> um. You know, I mean, the, the salad, thing. or
5: is it the salad dressing? Salad dressing. The Excuse salad it?
2: dressing thing sounded real. bonkers, <laughs> all right, but you know, I, again, I'm gonna lean on you because I think you will know better than I. All right, okay, these ain't go, my people.
5: Let's go with the salad dressing. No,
2: Shia LaBeouf. Oh, no. Wait, can what did they guess? they oh, were so yeah, disappointed get, in it. us. We
1: think it's the uh, Jason Sudegas lying in front yeah. of the car. No,
3: that happened. <laughs>
1: it's, uh, it's the direction it's, it's the
2: the, No,
4: it's it's the it's the uh it's the Shia LaBeouf one. Buff yeah, was fired, but not for, for claiming, telling yeah, for not fine. telling the ending.
2: That's oh, sort that's, of oh. Yeah, okay. you
4: got like, it. Like, all right. Oh. <laughs> Pick I it up with the judges. I'm giving it to no one.
3: Wow, that's tough for Jason Sudegas.
4: John and Priyanka, please name Three items from Dr. Oz's crudite platter.
1: <laughs> oh, oh okay. my God. Um, guacamole. Guacamole. Uh, That's one. Asparagus. That's two. <laughs> and.
3: Was um, it like a full length carrot? Like not yeah, a baby carrot? A carrot? I think they had a full. Ooh. You got it. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Asparagus, yeah. <laughs> broccoli,
4: carrots, pre-made guacamole, salsa, and or tequila. Salsa. 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 Mm. Disgusting. <laughs> Travell and Dan. Which of the following statements made on Twitter did not cause an unstoppable explosion of discourse and rage? <laughs> A. Writers should read. B. I like drinking coffee with my husband. <laughs> C. I might make my neighbors chilly. Or D. All of the above. D. All the above. That's correct. They all did. Those are all things that made people upset.
2: Choices.
5: <laughs> I mean, there's so much discourse about this. I've literally texted with John Fevre about all of these in the last 28 hours. I did a whole interview
1: about an offline about this topic today.
4: And, and you can all listen to that <laughs>
1: <laughs> when that
4: comes out. And
1: we all know when offline comes out. <laughs> uh, the healthy Pepsi segment. <laughs> so, Remember that.
4: <laughs> all right. Travel and Dan. This celebrity worm costume mulched every other <laughs> Halloween costume this year. Who is this? This is a celebrity inside of that worm. Dan Travelle, who is it? Let me have
2: it. I think it's Heidi Klum. Go, Heidi Klum. You bet. Yes. <laughs> well, Isn't
4: that wild? wild on there. Mm-hmm. Isn't that wild?
2: She always does the most for Halloween.
4: That's cool. That's a really good one, though. Mm-hmm.
3: Was it? Like, how does she even stand? Like, what do you do with the, when you get to the party?
4: You you do the press and then you go home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Priyanka John, which one of the try guys cheated and was essentially exiled from society, Pop. specifically the part of society where he was a try guy? <laughs> Zach, Eugene, Keith, or Ned? Ned. It was Ned. It Ned. was Ned. It was it was this person named Ned. Yes, I was going to say Ned. An it was That's a man good. named right. Ned. <laughs> now he's a bye guy. <laughs> like goodbye guy. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I know. Not bisexual. <laughs> he might be, but that's not what I meant. <laughs> Final question for Travell and Dan. Twenty twenty two opened with the emergence of a new star, a non binary comedian unleashed into the and just like that universe to bust up Miranda's marriage and ask the world what is a comedy concert. I ask you, what is that character's name?
2: Che. Okay. Che. What? Okay. Come on now. Got another full name Can there. I th- it? That. Is it like, I don't want to say, is it D? Sure. Che Diaz. Correct. Ah. Wow. I have
4: to say, I think you all did really well. Uh, but. No, it's a tie. You both won. A, I'm gonna tie. Call it a tie? Really? Uh, but I'm going to wow. give it to Travell and Dan. I'm Thank I'm going to give so it to Travell and Dan. Thank
2: you so much. Wow. Because
4: he attacked, the notion, you attacked so the notion of a tie. Thank you so much. Attacked the notion of a
1: tie. Priyanka really carried us, I will say. She did. Thank you.
3: No, but you got me on the I ones got... that I was like,
6: yeah, you oh, know. what are
2: we talking oh, about? Thanks on. for anyway. playing.
1: Thank We're good you. Team. We're a good team. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's time for our next Pundi. Uh, and to present the award for Worst Conservative Outrage, Ooh. please welcome Crooked producer Olivia Martinez.
8: What's up? First off, give it up for my co-producer, Haley, holding it down in the booth. <laughs> Haley rocks. Um, I realize we have some first-time players, I think, to the take appreciators. This yeah. is where we appreciate takes like fine wine. And this is our like beefed-up edition where we admire some of the best of the year. So we're picking who has the best, most artful take. And I'm here to present the nominees for this year's Worst Conservative Outrage. All right, your first nominee is stupid son of a bitch. During a press conference, President Biden was caught on a hot mic calling Fox News reporter Pierre Ducey a stupid son of a bitch. (laughs) Although Biden called Ducey personally to apologize and Ducey himself was not offended, that did not stop conservative media from clutching their pearls. Meghan McCain tweeted, This is no better than how the Trump administration treated the press, and it's gross. Does anyone remember what Tucker Carlson said about this?
6: No. No. He
8: called Biden a nasty old man. <laughs> Any reactions to that?
4: The most of that sentence is hard to argue with. <laughs>
8: <laughs> All right. Your next nominee is Black Little Mermaid.
4: Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> Disney
8: released the trailer of its new live-action Little Mermaid starring Halle Bailey as Ariel. It prompted a lot of sweet videos on TikTok of parents showing their kids the trailer. But Daily Wire host and transphobic troll Matt Walsh had a different take, claiming a black mermaid just wasn't scientifically accurate. (laughs) Wow. Here's his full quote. With The Little Mermaid, can we just mention that from a scientific perspective... It doesn't make a lot of sense to have someone with darker skin who lives deep in the ocean.
6: <laughs> if anything,
8: not only should the Little Mermaid be pale, she should actually be translucent.
2: Wow. What? Wow. I, that is...
4: I just think it's cool wow. that they would rather the Little Mermaid be played by a fucking invisible clear monster
2: <laughs> than a black than person. a
4: black person.
2: A
8: lot of people reminded him that black fish exist in the ocean. Like scientifically it is very accurate.
4: I have to say, I don't... Tough I get think to get that, to that point. I just think that, like, if you're, if you're on Twitter tweeting, stop erasing black fish, you've already lost. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Guilty. All right. Uh, in a your sense. The next, <laughs> next nominee is litter boxes in schools.
6: Oh, yeah. During a random oh, yeah.
8: October luncheon with voters, <laughs> Representative Lauren <Beauvais> randomly <laughs> randomly claimed that teachers are putting litter boxes in schools for people who identify as cats. Scott Jensen, who ran for governor of Minnesota and lost, added that litter boxes were for kids who, quote, identify as a furry. These claims were echoed by over 20 Republican candidates or elected officials this year, with many calling it a growing crisis, and they even reached an episode of Joe Rogan with Tulsi Gabbard. However, an NBC investigation found that every accused school was not, in fact, providing litter boxes to little furries. (laughs) Any reaction?
4: That's a fun couple of calls that reporter had to make.
8: (laughs) It's a lot like what my job is. (laughs) All right, your final nominee is Drag Queen Story Hour. The Republican campaign against the LGBTQ community took a turn this year when videos of all age Drag Queen Story Hours went viral, prompting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to call it child endangerment and five Proud Boys to storm a story hour in San Lorenzo, California. Carrie Lake and Libs of TikTok also claim that drag queens groom children. But do you want to know the kicker? Does anyone remember the kicker to the story?
1: Mm, I'm afraid.
8: A drag queen came forward to say she performed at Carrie Lake's house for her birthday party Uh, and there were children present.
2: uh, I forgot about that. Those are
8: your four nominees for the best moments of conservative outrage this year.
5: I want to say a couple things. One, Olivia, (laughs) you delivered that brilliantly. Thank, thank perfectly. Two, I think we should take a video recording of what you just said and put it in a time capsule to completely understand this era in American politics.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. I think we should separate out the,
4: uh, like, the first couple are silly and dispensed with. I feel like we have to split out the ongoing effort to attack drag shows. Because I feel like that's not that doesn't have the essence of the, the 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 pundi, which is for outrageous thing that can be like tamped down because, you know,
5: it's just bigotry. It's, it's just pure, bigotry. dangerous bigotry. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I was going to I was going to say if you're going with pure impact and like how big of a deal it is that they the conservative outreach was so bad. You definitely go with the drag, yeah, the drag queen story. But if
5: we're judging this on the the
1: pure ridiculousness of the take, yeah. I have to go with Black Little Mermaid just because that. <laughs> I, I mean, I just there's yeah. there's nothing yeah, more tough. ridiculous yeah, than that for sure. Be, if we
5: are appreciating the take in the vein of take appreciator, right, then it's got to be Black Little Mermaid.
1: I think it has to be Black. Little
8: All right, Mermaid. we have consensus. Yeah,
2: shout out to Black uh, Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> All right, Black Little
8: Mermaid.
2: Yeah. So, so thanks, Olivia. Thank you, Olivia.
1: And thank you, Travell and Priyanka, for joining us. When we come back, we'll talk to Congresswoman Katie Porter.
6: The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie.
3: And we're so much more than just a list. Hi, I'm Aaron Ryan, a writer and host of the podcast Hysteria. Don't even get us started on our exclusive YouTube series this fucking guy where we try to figure out how the worst people in America got to be so
6: awful.
9: So, if you're looking for a pod that's by the ladies and for everyone, make sure to subscribe to Hysteria wherever you get your podcast.
1: Reclaim your time now that you can listen to four weekly ads-free episodes across PodSave America and pod Save the World. There's never been a better time to join Cricket's Friend of the Pod subscription community.
4: The marketing people say that listening ads free saves you up to two hours of ad listening each month. Imagine the possibilities. You know what you can do with two extra hours a week? You can listen, listen to, to two- more podcasts. Exactly. Uh, two more episodes. Uh, yeah. That's two more episodes. Yeah. Get more stuff in your brain.
1: Yeah. Get more stuff in that or brain. We're stuffing content in there like, yeah, uh, like you're uh, a, a fog gras. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Become a member today. Go to slash friends now to learn more. Joining us now is one of my favorite members of Congress, even though she's made it quite clear that uh, her favorite paradise of America host is not me, uh, the newly re-elected representative from California's 47th district, Katie Porter. Okay, so you're a progressive who just won one of the country's most competitive house races for the third time in a row, this time by just 9,000 votes out of more than a quarter million votes cast. What lessons did you learn from this last campaign? What worked? What didn't? What surprised you?
10: Well I think the most important lesson is that you have to do the work. Um, there's you know you can have a lot of money, you can have a lot of good ideas but you have to build the team and do the work on the ground. You have to knock the doors, you have to have the conversations. You have to be present in your community. I think one of our biggest challenges in this race was that 70% of the voters were new. I don't currently represent them and yet at the end of the day we got we outperformed every other democrat on the ballot, including people who had been incumbents and statewide. So I really proud of our
1: outcome. I saw that House Democrats decided to create a new position of battleground leadership representative so that uh, future candidates in tough districts like yours have a voice in leadership. Uh, What do you think about that?
10: It's a terrific idea. I supported it. We elected Abigail Spanberger, my colleague from Virginia, um, to serve in that role. Um, I think it's really, really important. We need to hear from the entirety of the Democratic caucus. And let's face it, being a candidate in a competitive district takes a lot of time. I just explained, you got to do the work. That means you have to, you know, connect with the community. You have to fundraise. You have to do the things about being a candidate. What this means is you don't always get included or invited to be at the leadership table about what bills we're bringing to the floor, about what issues we're prioritizing. Yet, that's exactly the people who are on front lines who are having these conversations, we know exactly what the American people need, what they want, what what's going to take um, for us to deliver for them and win future elections.
4: I like the idea that the uh, battleground representative at these meetings shows up and everybody else is in like suits and ties and fancy clothes, and the battlegrounds is just like bleeding from them, <laughs> covered in dirt. <laughs> I like, You don't know what it's fucking like out there.
10: Well, if you know Abigail Spanberger, that's pretty much her vibe. I'm <laughs> all there for it. <laughs> Um, drop or die with Abigail Spanberger. Um, you know, she was in the CIA, she is a train killer. And I really, um, think that we need some of that perspective in Washington. Look, when when the when Congress takes a district work period and people go home, if you're in a battleground seat like me, you are on the next plane out of Washington and the very next, even sometimes the same day, the next day you're out, you're in your community, you're connecting with people, you're learning about businesses, you're shaking hands, you're listening you're teaching. And some of our other colleagues don't. They stay in Washington. Um, They don't have competitive races. And we see this right now with our committee chairs. The typical person who's a committee chair in the Democratic caucus is 73 years old and won their district by 36 points, 36 points. And so those are the people who are drafting the bills and making decisions about What issues get heard? What hearings get held? What bills get moved on the floor? We need the the voices of the entire caucus, including those of us in tough battleground seats.
1: Well, let me ask you, you know, there's been this debate about like, why did Democrats do better than expected in these midterms? Was it Republican extremism? Was it Dobbs? Was it democracy? You know, you were in a battleground yes, district. Yes, and yes. You thought all of the I think above.
10: All of those things played a role, but let's be clear, we overperformed in some areas where we've traditionally had challenges. And I think that things like Dobbs and extremism were a big part of that. In some states, particularly blue states, New York, California, being two prime examples, we underperformed. Um, and so I think some of that reflects that we we need to make sure that we have. Um, messages that work in every part and pocket of the country where we're running. And so I talked every single day on my campaign about inflation and about the economy, because it was on my mind as a parent, as a a resident of Orange County, as a Californian. It was on my mind every time I walked into the grocery store, drove past a gas station. And I know it's on the mind of voters, too. So I'm really proud of what we accomplished. But I also think there are lessons to learn about what we need to accomplish going forward. Democrats deliver on the economy. It's, it's, it's true. It's statistically, it's demonstrably true. So we should be talking about that each at every single opportunity, helping people understand that we not only stand for their civil rights, we also stand for economic prosperity and abundance.
5: Do you think Democrats did not talk enough about their accomplishments in the 2022 Congress?
10: Um, you know, we always go back and forth about this. Like, we should talk more. We should toot our own horn. We should talk more about our accomplishments. I don't think it's a quantity problem. I, th- I think it's a qu- I think it's um, a-, a quality problem. I'll just be honest. Um, it doesn't do any good to put out tweets to your thirty seven followers about that you were one of 219 people to vote on a bill. That's not going to motivate anybody. I think it's finding an authentic voice in your community and for yourself, where people are going to connect with you. When I told voters I wasn't going to take any bullshit from any big corporation that was cheating them, I had the credibility of my actions in Congress year after year behind that. And so I I think it's the exact same thing when you hear someone like Alyssa Slotkin say that she understands the risk that our nation faces from um, foreign adversaries. You know, she's been there. She's done the work. She's done tours in Iraq. She understands that. And she's doing the work every day in Congress to keep our country safe. So I don't think it's talk about it more. I think it's talk about it in a way that is that is really genuine and effective and and hits the biggest possible audience.
5: Given. Elon Musk's um, interesting behavior over the last few months, that has been a reminder of how impactful these big social media platforms are and how lightly regulated they are. The fact that Republicans are going to control Congress next month means that the odds of sort of a progressive, aggressive legislative response to that is highly unlikely. Are there things you think the Biden administration could do to bring more scrutiny and more regulation to these social media platforms? Absolutely. Look,
10: um, we have treated for too long, we have treated these platforms as um, untouchable. Um, And they're not, they're just companies. That's all they are. Their companies, they're just like any other company. Um, and they're they're existing in a marketplace. In this case, it's not a marketplace for products, it's a marketplace for information. And if they are doing harm in a marketplace by disseminating false information, then we have the ability and the need to regulate them. Um, and and I think we've actually seen, I would argue, I agree with you about Democrats um, and Republicans, excuse me, about the how they're going to handle this, but. To be clear, I don't think Democrats have really stepped up to the plate on this either. Um, Hatred, Democrats talk a lot about how we stand against hatred. We stand with the LGBTQ plus community. We um, stand up for civil rights. that's where hatred spread today. It spread online and you can't fight hatred. You can't fight anti-Semitism if you're not willing to, to push on regulating social media platforms to do better. Today, I had a hearing about um, attacks on the LGBTQ plus community, and we learned that calling someone a groomer, an LGBTQ person, a groomer or a pedophile violates Twitter's content policy, and yet, The human rights campaign found over 500 of these posts that had over 72 million views. They picked the 100 highest worst posts, asked Twitter to take them down under their own content policy, and one post came down.
5: And it wasn't the post of the CEO who accused his former staff of that exact behavior.
10: That's right. That's right. So I think, look, I mean, these are not... This is not government speech. We have to educate the American public about what free speech does and does not protect. Um, and we have to understand that, that these companies wield incredible influence in the marketplace for information. And when, when people have information or when they don't, dramatically affects the, the foundational pillars of our society and our economy.
4: Before we let you go, please rank these movies. Uh, You've Got Mail, Notting Hill, and Love Actually. There is a correct answer.
10: I think Love Actually
4: I'm sorry, that's incorrect. <laughs>
10: uh,
4: the, the correct order is uh, Love Actually at number three, followed by You Got Mail. Number one is Notting Hill. It is the number one, oh. unfortunately, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Congresswoman Katie Porter, thank you so much for being here.
6: Thank you.
4: We really enjoyed what's
5: likely to be your last interview on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank,
1: thank you so you much guys. for joining us. Thank you. Happy okay. New Year. <laughs> Okay, uh, it's time for our next pundi. This is whew, Worst Take by a Pod Save America host. Wow. Um, we're making our head producer, Andy Gardner-Bernstein, present this one because uh, we know it will make her deeply uncomfortable. Yep. Andy, take it away.
9: Yes, I drew the short straw. And uh, so I'm going to be reading back some of your takes. And we're going to start with Dan. Uh, it's exciting, stand sure. by it. And, <laughs> and I would just like to point out that Elijah is the one who picked these. Sure,
6: sure, sure, okay, sure. That's sure, sure, not yeah. what yeah. Elijah says. Yeah, safely <laughs> in North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs>
9: <laughs> on July 19th, Dan wrote in a message box post.
6: Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. wow. Of Thank course I knew.
9: Of course I knew Joe Manchin would once again torpedo the last best chance at climate legislation. Joe Manchin then threw that back in Dan's face and immediately signed on to the IRA. So my plan worked. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And Elijah's note on this is, quote, look, Dan went on a heater this year. This was the best we could find. We went through every tweet and every message box. He was cautious in his political analysis, adequately depressed about his sports teams and self-deprecating about his pop culture habits. Enjoy it while it lasts, Dan.
4: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thank you, Elijah. I left no openings. We're so fucked. You made it really
9: hard. This one was tough for us. Okay. Yeah. Next I,
4: one. I, I, I podcast like nobody's watching. So.
9: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you just wait. Uh, okay. So next one is John Favreau. On November 1st, John wrote, quote, I'm tweeting about this absolute nonsense against my better judgment because I'm seeing it rub off on way too many smart people. This was in response to a Will Stansel thread about how Democrats weren't going on defense enough in the final days of the election. John disagreed and wrote, Most Democratic ads and speeches are currently about GOP extremism and abortion. But the next day, President Biden went out and gave a speech condemning GOP extremism, a complete coincidence that happened to validate Will Stansel's point and ultimately forced John to re-engage with his own thread.
4: Wow My take is great <laughs> Wow He hates how that was
1: framed
6: <laughs>
1: uh, I, I, uh, Biden and Stanza versus Favreau He said most ads were about GOP extremism That's oh, correct
9: But once again I re- We realized The producers realized that this was a bit of a stretch But we looked So this is a
4: segment where Dan and John were right all year And now you're going to fucking <laughs> kick the shit out of me Alright go Go to all the right. next one
1: <laughs> Look Tommy's not here we Yeah, still yeah have a, Tommy's not here I hope we got a Tommy take
9: On to love it <laughs> we identified a few.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> Great. Let's go out with that. Yes. It.
9: We've got Love It saying that making coffee at home is weird. We have
4: <laughs> I just found out people do that.
9: <laughs> we have Love It saying that LA has the best bagels That's true.
4: I have to defend that. Oh uh... we
9: have Love It saying he wanted to fuck Madison Cawthorn
4: <laughs> a few times, I'm told. No, I, I, want, I said it a few times. <laughs> I, figure, I, figure, I figure I could just get out of my system.
9: <laughs> go on. And finally, and by far the most audience requested take, Love It uh-huh. and Tommy for defending Elon Musk as a genius.
4: Oh, no. I have never, Here we go. Here's what I want to say about this. Yeah. Here's what I want yes. to say about this. Here's what I want to say about this. I relented. I relent i am sorry i have argued for i have tried so hard to defend the proposition that this guy is not a fucking moron because i found it hard to believe that someone could have so much success in so many places and yet be as stupid as he seems to be i give up i relent it uh, it is easy to make a first the first giant electric car company it is easy to get to mars uh (laughs) these things turned out to be simpler look when Ben Carson ran for president, it turns out being a brain surgeon was easier than we thought. <laughs> it turns out getting to Mars is easier than we thought. That's cool. That should give us uh, optimism. I, I tried so hard to make a case for keeping my fucking Tesla. If anybody wants a discount on that Nazi sled, <laughs> you can slide into my DMs. I'm out. I'm just out on the guy. I'm out on the whole fucking thing. All right? I relent. You win. You win. Yeah. But I will say Uh-oh. LA does have the best bagels. And I'm I Madison Cawthorn's not in Congress anymore. There's no power. The allure is gone. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that the, was just an asshole from wherever he's from.
9: The good news is you just want a pundy. Hey!
5: Right. <laughs> is there a list of Tommy takes we could have?
4: <laughs> Do we have any Tommy
9: takes? No, there okay. are no Tommy takes.
4: We're
5: so wow.
1: sorry. All right. Bummer. Okay. I win. Yep. All right. (laughs) When we come back, congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Okay. When we come back, uh, we will share our 2023 New Year's resolutions. All right. We're back. And it's time at last for our New Year's resolutions to kick things off. We asked some of our colleagues at Crooked for their resolutions. Take a listen.
8: I'm Caroline, senior producer at Crooked, and my 2023 resolution is to beat less vain. Now, it is still 2022, which is why I'm wearing my sunglasses because I'm not wearing makeup and I'm not ready for you all to see what lies beneath, which is full gremlin. Also, if I'm being super honest, it's to drink less, but again, we are still in 2022. So gonna keep being vain, I'm gonna
10: keep drinking.
8: Hi everyone, this is Yasmeen Hamadi from Dare We Say, and my 2023 New Year's resolution, also that's so weird that it's 2023, is probably going to be committing to the work that I wanna do. So I have so many dreams, I have so many ideas, and I put them down on paper, but I don't ever really execute it. I think for 2023, I'm going
3: to say, frick it, just do it, and don't look back.
6: So yeah,
5: happy New Year's. Hey friends, Dr. Abdul El-Sayed here, host of America Dissected. And my New Year's resolution is to finish the content I start. I have this habit where I start reading something, I'm like, you know
7: what, I don't like this. So I stop and maybe I might have missed something. So I actually just want to finish the things that I start my 2023 New Year's resolution is to defeat John Favreau in two takes and a fake. John is certainly a worthy opponent. He knows his takes, but iron sharpens iron and I resolve to be better next year. I will also accept defeating John on aggregate in the case that he goes two and one in several rounds, but then goes zero and three on a couple of rounds, which is a mathematical possibility. I will accept either of those outcomes having completed my resolution.
9: My resolution this year is very easy. I'm going to learn line dancing. I think this would be fun. I think it will be cardio I can enjoy. And if you're nice, maybe I'll post some videos and we can all enjoy my line dancing.
4: Isn't the idea of line dancing that when you've shown up, you've learned it? Right? Don't they just, that's, you just do what they say, right? Do-si-do and so forth. Does it get harder than that? I
6: don't know. I've never tried it.
1: I don't know anything about it. I just know from Miss Friedlander in elementary school. All right, so before we share our 2023 resolutions, uh, we are going to humiliate ourselves by playing tape from last year's resolution episode. Uh, We're going to start with Love It. Okay, great.
4: Here's my sincere resolution, which is... Obviously, we all had a very hard couple of years, but I denied that I was actually depressed up until literally like three months ago. (laughs) And right now, I finally understand oh my how real that was because i feel so much better right now and i think that <laughs> means that i'm being a better person i, I feel better and so... i'm treating people better hey. and so my resolution for 2022 is to be very protective of this new situation and mm. guard it and protect it with resilience and i would
1: like to keep doing i think that. you did great that's, that's great a, that's you a did one. great hey. <laughs> 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 sure we'll you yeah. saying the same about. thing <laughs> that i said yeah. then you yeah. fuck <laughs> <laughs> fucking <laughs> <damn. That's
4: unbelievable. laughs> I think I also get my other resolution was to lose 15 pounds. <laughs> I
1: mean, that's a tough. That's a tough. Still, <laughs> I will say that.
4: But
6: uh, I mean, you need to have, to
4: Didn't I have a? That. Didn't I have a fucking funny one we could have used? <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, you've well, done. You've done well. I'll say yeah, done I, think well. We we I think we did. we made you. it. To, yeah. I think we made it to the end.
1: Uh, uh, so what's your resolution now?
4: Oh, uh, uh, to get depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, become insufferable uh, I wanna here's I, I wanna start more books. <laughs> I don't is that need me to finish. Is that me no, no, no. no, no, what are you no. It's a specific, a specific. I want to start more books because I feel like there's this pressure to finish. Abdul made this resolution about finishing more books. No, 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 that's wrong. You should start. If you're not It's like if you if you're making every flight, you're going to the airport too early. If you're finishing every book, you're not taking enough chances out there. I want to start stuff and just know that if I don't finish it it's okay, you know? So I want to start more books. Okay.
1: Start more books. Yeah. Just like a couple pages that's it
4: no no just like we like get into it And if i i guess the point i'm trying to make is i think it's i think people should be giving up on more books two chapters in okay all because right because i think sometimes you start that's reading fine. a book then you feel bad you're not finishing it and then you're just watching netflix start more books right. give up give up out there give up on a keep reading this is good. give up
5: i'm already looking forward to this being played back next year <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me
1: too. All right, it's Dan's turn. Let's hear uh, Dan from uh, last year.
5: My 2022 resolution was also my 2019 resolution, which is I'm going to get back into playing basketball, which is something I used to do four nights a week all the time. Got old, got injured, and I told myself, it was 2019, I was like, I am going to start playing again, which requires, like, rehabbing my ankles, getting ready. And I did that, and I finally got there in 2020. I played my first basketball game in the last week of February of 2020. Oof. (laughs) <laughs> did you play basketball I did
6: wow okay. I
5: did it I would also per- perfect Dan I would like to say yeah unbroken <laughs> street That I really hope if we go back and listen to it that that resolution came before not after love it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to lead a fulfilling life I want
1: to play basketball <laughs> Dan, what you got one for uh, 2023? In
5: 2023, my resolution is to not mail in the year's resolution section of this podcast, which I do every year.
4: <laughs> yeah, you re- we really do come up with them in real time.
1: Okay, well, that's it, huh? That's it. Well, you know what? Your, the playback next year is not going to be as weird. Yeah, That's it. All right, here's mine. My resolution this year was going to be to get the fuck out of Los Angeles because I have left this city twice... In the past two years because of this pandemic. And so in 2022, I am getting out of here and I'm going other places. After nearly two years of a pandemic and a year and a half of being a parent, I feel like my friendships and relationships have atrophied a bit yeah that i feel that for me <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know I you anymore you, i see yeah, you two every even... day you guys are the exception and dan i don't see in person but i what do you, what do you been doing? feel pretty close there's a lot of other uh friends and family members that i just have not spent a lot of time actually interacting with that i would like to do in 2022 and, and, and if
4: that applies to you
1: tweet him text him, him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> say hi, and i may reply Depends on how the tweets are looking. And then my final one, which is like Tommy's, which is a not thing, is that I pledge to not learn anything about NFTs or cryptocurrency. Oh no, all no I broke that one. I don't want to learn a thing.
5: My other resolution is to get into crypto this year. <laughs> <laughs> crypto, this year. <laughs> 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 crypto bro,
4: crypto yeah, that's bro that's from San Francisco. Try something. Try it. Try what it on a something new. You want to watch something rise,
5: crest, and fall
4: right at the top. And that's the time. That's the time Dan gets on board.
5: <laughs> Buy the dip. I would say that a lot of people listened to that, took that seriously, and I was bombarded with crypto bros trying to get (laughs) me involved in their endeavors.
1: Wow.
4: Well, and how'd it go? How many texts, how many (laughs) Sam Bankman-Fried texts do you have? (laughs) Let's just say
5: next year I'll be recording this podcast from the
1: Bahamas. (laughs) (laughs) I nailed my resolution, except for the the NFT crypto thing. I learned like an offline episode worth of that. That's all. I don't know anything Well, that's a brief that I barely know what happened with Sam Bankman-Fried. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Resolution for me. You're going to roll your eyes. I'm going to volunteer more. And I, I know, I know. But I feel like by saying it out loud like this, I'm going to be held accountable. And like it's one of those things you always want to do. But like, I gotta actually go out and do it on a regular. If basis. you
5: have a nonprofit organization, a charity, whatever, it's not a like donate either cause. You gotta like
1: show up. If you I need to show up. If you
5: need John Favreau's time, message him on social media. <laughs> <laughs> you can find him on Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, all the above. Yeah.
1: And I'll do it here in L. A. Now that I've to- left, now that I've left in 2022 and gone all the places I wanted to, I'll do it right here in L. A.
5: If you need him, tooted him. <laughs>
1: all right now that we did that uh it's time for the final pundi of the night uh and i think we have elijah to present
7: all right hey guys can we revisit the the pod save america host pundis real quick because i just want to say tommy shouldn't be let off the hook thank you we asked we asked our audience for your worst takes and it was always like tommy and love it tommy and love it tommy and love it (laughs) together like you guys like you had the cinder block boots on together for this one. You dove in for sure to that to that take together. What were some of so, Tommy's? Can you give us a couple examples?
4: Were, it was going to be the we 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 did the Elon thing together. It was a it was a horrible
7: it was a gruesome twosome on that one. <laughs> it was it was. It, it was it was the overwhelming submitted thing too. So run away! Congratulations. Yeah. Apparently, there's been several emails to the Hey account about it. <laughs> I keep being
4: told no one shows me them, but I find out about it. We're getting some. Get, getting some blowback at the Hey at Crooked account.
7: <laughs> okay. And on that note, <laughs> let's move on to the overall worst take of the years. I am shaking with excitement. Because I so much fun we, can we can tell. We can see. Heavy hitters only. Big names. Major news events. Let's go through in chronological order. First up, first nominee for worst take of the year, Donald Trump. In the days right before and right after Russia's invasion of Ukraine, Donald Trump lavished praise on Vladimir Putin, calling him savvy, a genius, and saying that Putin is playing Joe Biden like a drum. The war thus far has not gone Putin's way. That's good. Any thoughts on that before we move on? I mean, it's
4: yeah. I think you hit it. You got it.
7: Yeah. Yeah. That was way... a bad take. It was a bad take. All right. Next up, Mark Tyson. <laughs> This flew under the radar when it came out. I was so excited when I found it. Mark Thiessen (laughs) wrote a piece titled, Watch Out, Democrats. The abortion ruling may help Republicans. Every line is amazing. I could just read the whole thing verbatim, but here's a small taste. Quote, If the court's conservative majority does strike down Roe, Democrats might find that the decision is not nearly as unpopular as they think. If Democrats focus on defending abortion this November, it will backfire.
4: (laughs) Okay, that's... That's in mean, pole position to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bad,
1: take bad, bad take.
4: take. bad take. Bad take. Bad
1: take from almost, someone who gives a lot of bad takes.
7: It almost went into predictions, but this was the worst row take out there I could find. So a, a double, double talent. Um, next up, you guys are familiar with this one David Brooks. After the FBI retrieved stolen classified documents from uh, Mar a Lago, Brooks put out a piece titled, Did the FBI just reelect Donald Trump? Uh, The piece basically argues that this episode was good for Trump because there's a distrust of authority and the raid validated that. But the intro paragraph is the undisputed champion of the piece, quote, why is Donald Trump so powerful? How did he come to dominate one of the two major parties and get himself elected president? Is it his hair, his waistline? No, it's his narratives. (laughs) It's powerful stuff. That was a okay. very wrong take.
4: I was. It was a wrong take. Well, I mean, I had some little, little. I mean, I don't think the
5: FBI reelected Trump, but he could still win. I don't he, think it helped him in any way. You don't know that yet. We don't know. Okay. I, well, let's see, I mean, it's not know. a bad take. It may just be an early take. Early take. Yeah. Too early to call. Too early
4: to, to call. call. No. Too early
5: to call from David Brooks. Yeah. Is that,
4: I is That more? It? that, is that the it. List? Those are the three. No, no, I have
7: two more. Okay. One, I it just, it's not a news event, but it's just a classic of the year to put it in. Bethany Mandel. If I had to pinpoint a moment that Republicans became the party of jerks, it's when Mitt Romney spent his entire campaign being accused of killing Big Bird, building finders full of women, torturing the family dog, et cetera, et cetera.
4: Before we go to the last one, I just, there's a special kind of category of takes, which is uh it's your fault i'm this way yeah uh that you see constantly like oh elon elon's become a maniac because of liberal scolds like republicans tried to burn down the capitol because they cuz uh mitt romney faced an opponent <laughs> you know like there's just a category of like why do you make me do
5: this to you i think i just discovered my 2023 new resolution in this take which is i am going to let the 2012 election go and i'm going to rant about mitt romney less I could oh. feel, feel it bubbling up inside like me as that was happening. It's going to make this
1: t- tough, but I'm going to do that. I mean, well, it's still 2022. So, I mean, give how us, many give books a, did you finish?
5: I mean, look, look,
4: you're saying. <laughs> check your volunteer hours at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, first of all, Dan, really important and good point. But, but uh, the question before, is how many books I started. It's it's 2022
5: still. So, before it's your Thunder Road, give us one last taste. <laughs> I just I would like you to know that. I know you're, you, every once in a while you remember we have a podcast on Thursdays, but we did this one. <laughs>
4: uh, what was your favorite part about Jennifer Tilly on Lover to Leave It? What? Keep going, Elijah. <laughs> you get Jennifer Tilly
7: on Lover or... to <laughs> Leave It? That's cool. That's <laughs> And then last nominee, very simple one from Elon Musk. Comedy is now legal on Twitter. Oof. And those are your 2022 worst take of the year nominees. This is tough.
2: I
4: I want to say I think that I will say that like just as a pure unadulterated bad take, claiming that overturning Roe v. Wade no, would would be bad to. for Democrats, written by a, a a foreign policy goofball from D.C. To me, is the
1: he's not even a foreign policy goofball. He's just a speechwriter. <laughs>
4: Well, foreign policy You know what I mean? Look at our qualifications. Well, he's like a foreign policy hawk goofball. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Torture Uh, apologist. Yeah, torture apologist. apologist. Waterboarding
5: us every week in the Washington Post on that page. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm with you. I I think that's the worst take. I think it's Bethany Mandel. (laughs) You can't let go. This is Thunder Road. (laughs) 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 Let's hear it, Dan. Let's hear it, Dan. (laughs) For those listening at home, it's December 14th. Yeah. All Mark Thiessen did in this case was make a bad political prediction, which many have done. Mm-hmm. Many people named Josh, as we learned in the previous subject. Yeah, right. <laughs> but what you hit on the right point with, with Bethany, was the worst takes are the ones that blame other people for why we are so terrible. Yes. And that is it is just such a convoluted, idiotic, ahistorical logic to say that the reason Republicans are assholes is because Obama ran a largely polite campaign against Mitt Romney a decade ago it's like an it's an absurdity
1: yeah i'm willing to we did accuse him of killing that people those that guy with cancer but we did not do that it was an
5: unaffiliated (laughs) super (laughs) pack
1: it
0: was
5: famously
4: a famously unaffiliated super pack john we all remember that uh yeah i do think that like as far as like the category as a category of takes the look what you made me do take is pernicious and everywhere Mm. uh so i'm i'm persuaded i'm persuaded by the message box
1: I still think the biggest issue of the year was abortion in the midterms. It was the biggest news story of the year, and Mark Thiessen got it as wrong as you can get it.
4: Well, well, as as I know, agree from... with John. <laughs>
7: <laughs> the thing That's right. I'll say about Thiessen, not to put my thumb on the scale here, but I wasn't just using some flowery language here when I said every line of that piece is a banger. Like, right, every a, single some... <laughs> one is boring <laughs> <foreign Banger>. and wrong. <laughs> give us another sentence. Oh, you know, it just goes to all the trappings of Republicans... Um, you know, are on the right side of history uh, on this issue. And they're closer to the hearts of Americans than Mm. most people realize. And then all the, you know, crap that's unscientific. It really just depends on what what scale we're judging
5: this on. If it's like just a bad, incorrect take, Martisen wins it. If it is, we are appreciating the take. Oh, I, then, okay. You're right. You know, no, no, all no,
6: right. Uh...
4: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's call this fucking thing. It's not real. It's, uh, <laughs> Bethany Mandel takes Bethany it. Bethany Mandel. Uh, congratulations to Bethany your Mandel. Whoever the, um, whoever
5: you may be. <laughs> you can uh, pick
1: your pundy up in, in North Carolina at uh, Elijah's house. Uh, you know <laughs> where he has been in this room nonstop for the last several months.
7: Great pundies. Thanks for uh, <laughs> participating. Great. Year. Thank you. Thank you, Chief Take Officer. Uh, all right, that's it for the show. Big
1: thanks to Congresswoman Katie Porter, Travel Anderson, Priyanka Arabindi, and everyone here at Crooked and SiriusXM. If you can make a donation to World Central Kitchen, have a great rest of your holiday, and we'll see you back here in 2023. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, everybody! I'm still, I'm still, I'm still reeling from the footage of my,
4: of my fucking, de- Political de- depression dep- take. <laughs> I, let me out of my house. <laughs> That was unbelievable. That was a person in crisis. Leave all
1: this in. Honestly, that was incredible. I'm so glad someone did that. Jesus, good job, producers.
4: Wasn't there also taken that I want to watch more old films or something? <laughs>
1: Pod Save America is a Crooked Media production. The executive producer is Michael Martinez. Our senior producer is Andy Gardner-Bernstein. Our producers are Haley Muse and Olivia Martinez. It's mixed and edited by Andrew Chadwick. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis sound engineered the show. Thanks to Hallie Kiefer, Ari Schwartz, Sandy Gerard, Andy Taft, and Justine Howe for production support. And to our digital team, Elijah Cohn, Phoebe Bradford, Milo Kim, and Amelia Montu. Our episodes are uploaded as videos at youtube.com slash podsaveamerica.